With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Welcome and thanks for joining me for another edition of Understanding the Law Radio. Today we are going to be focusing on LGBT rights and we have with us a special guest who I'll introduce uh, in a second. Her name is Adeline Verna and she is the Executive Director of um, Kazva and she's going to explain exactly what that is and how it is helping protect the rights of people in Haiti who are suffering from discrimination based upon um, their choices or their, their, you know, the way they're born. And we're going to talk all about that. We're going to get into it and discuss with her what the mission is. And then following that segment, we're going to get in so, into some of the recent development, um, developments concerning LGBT rights. We're going to talk about some recent lawsuits and pending legislation and some of... Uh, just the, the general discriminatory actions that are still out there that are affecting the LGBT community. And we're going to talk about how organizations like Quasva are making a difference to change the way people see things and the way that they treat people in the world. But before we get going, I just want to remind everybody that your feedback and comments concerning the show are so critical and so important. I appreciate everybody who has... Um, commented on the show in the past or who tunes in regularly, subscribes via iTunes, subscribes via YouTube Live, which we are also streaming live on right now. So if you have any questions or comments, you'd like to join the show, you'd like to be part of the discussion today, you can call into the switchboard at 347-855-8831 or you can leave comments in the chat room box on YouTube Live. Now, I'm going to be bringing on Edlyn Verna, and I'm going to uh, let her introduce herself in a second. But she is the current executive director of Quasva, and she's the former coordinator of the Office of Ethics, Compliance, and Oversight for the city of Jacksonville. She's also an attorney in Haiti, and uh, she graduated from John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York with a bachelor's in legal studies, English and philosophy, and a master in public administration. Edwin, thank you very much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Now, we're talking today about LGBT rights and how the world is changing and how they are, um, you know, in general, we're seeing a lot of movement towards acceptance of the LGBT community, and that's a positive thing, but there are still so many people being oppressed in so many communities that are are being discriminated against. Can you do me a favor, and before we get into the mission of Quasva, can you give us a little bit more background about yourself, what the organization is, and how you got into it? Edlyn, did I lose you? No, I'm right here. Yeah, okay. we, have been, um, we started the <laughs> 
I think, uh, Edwin, we might have a bad connection because I'm not. You're not coming through. Can you hear me now? Yes. Mm, we've lost you again, Edlin. We started the organization last year. Okay. But um, I've been involved in LGBT rights um, for the past 15 years. Um, I've always worked in nonprofit organizations such as Church Hall Service uh, with immigration from TBS or Haitian after the earthquake. And um, uh, I work at the United Nations. Um, um, so all my life I've been involved in helping people and in nonprofit organizations. When we saw um, the issues that Haiti had with homophobia, um, we didn't even start talking about um, um, LGBT rights, being that there's organizations in Haiti already doing LGBT rights um, work, um, such as Courage, um, CROV, um, and some other organizations. But what we wanted to do is to take care of the homophobic part um, after the earthquake, you know, Haiti have been known as um, um, uh, the place to have the most NGOs per capita, and some of them are missionaries. And um, what they are teaching is, some of them, not all of them, of course, is that um, homosexuals being an, an abomination in their eyes were the cause of earthquake. When you say something like that to a population that is educated, it's like you're calling for um, commit these crimes against homosexuals. So that was um, um, the reason that we started doing Quasva. All right, now talk for a second, if you will, about Quasva, because it is a Christian organization. Explain what the uh, the acronym stands for, and then let's talk okay. about the, the Christianity, uh, Christianity of it. Um, Christian United is violence and homophobia. Haiti is more than, I don't want to say 100% Haitians, um, Christians, being that there is a small group of uh, Muslims and other religions, and of course, um, but we understood that uh, the problem with um, homophobia was rooted in uh, um, in the, 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 the belief system, was rooted in uh, the values that the Christians in Haiti had, and they did find a way to reconcile the two. Um, and as Christians, because uh, most of the people that 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 work at Quasari are Christians, but we are not um, we we are not excluding. We are we are very we are affirmative um, group, and we don't exclude any other religion. Uh, we mostly focus on um, sexual violence. Think that is um, it is a very big issue um, in Haiti. We don't um, we have part formal education in Haiti, you know. Um, but also, you have to understand that Haiti we don't have um, there's no laws against um, LGBT. There's no laws against um, homosexuals per se, but. At the same time, there's no laws protecting them. And um, some part of the laws, look, I, I think what's called um, 227 and 228 of our criminal code talk about um, moral turpitude, which, you know, they use to harass and arrest and, you know, um, discriminate against LGBT in Haiti. 
So it seems as though while there's being uh, there's progress being made here in the United States for LGBT rights, it seems like in Haiti there's not that governmental support. And so your organization is out there trying to bring some relief to the LGBT community because it doesn't seem as though there's enough laws in place to protect them. Is that right? Yes, um, there's not enough law in place. Um, the organization they are fighting, um, trying to get it in the books, trying. There's many human rights um, efforts um, in Haiti being done on on that sector. Um, this is why that we don't um, per se go um, for changing the laws and, and changing um, LGBT rights, the legal aspect of it in Haiti. It's more the mentality we do. We educate and and, and train people about homophobia, and we do that using the Bible, using um, Christian values, uh, because uh, homophobia equates to Haiti of killing, stoning, burning. Um, it's, not, it's not just um, um, the, the street harassment or, or what the, the, the small cases that we have seen here in the USA. They are mm-hmm. very grave um, um, back home. Yes, you know, in the U.S. here we see occasionally you'll have somebody, especially recently with uh, with some transgender individuals who might have been the victims of violence, but you see those things far fewer than what you're describing in Haiti because we have such um, strict laws concerning, you know, what you can do and can't do, not just from the, or for the LGBT community, but in general. You know, when when you assault someone or there's physical violence, it doesn't make a difference who the victim is, you have committed a crime, and because of those laws that, that are there, we don't see things like what you're describing, where people are being burned and stoned. I mean, that that's a real traumatic thing that I don't think that, that we here in the U.S. understand because we see our laws and our legal structure in place. But in Haiti, it seems as though people in the LGBT community are suffering not just from psychological discrimination, but from physical violence. And that's that's yes. part of the mission. And the, the worst is um, uh, the media is not even reporting um, some of the crimes. Not because um, I, I'm hoping is that because they don't want to. It's because if uh, we have a report, for example, from um, Courage, um, which is a, a LGBT organization in Haiti, and um, they called us and let us know there was a 14-year-old that were that, that was killed. And um, the family will never report it as a hate crime because no one wants to have their kin, their family member, their children being stamped with the with the gay, with the with the word nasty that we have, or, or lesbian. Um, so these crimes are not reported as um, hate crimes. So it will be they go under the regular, you know, um, cases of insecurity of, um, of violence in Haiti. We, there's no way to really put a number on these cases. Only um, family members or groups, LGBT groups, when one of their members die, know why they die. And I, I so would imagine this is also a big problem. Mm-hmm. Right. I would imagine that the fear of retribution and the fear of the physical violence keeps a lot of people who might be gay or lesbian. Um, quiet. They don't want to be who they are for fear that they're going to be abused, assaulted, or even killed. And that's no way to live. 
Yes, but Haiti, I've always had homosexuals. This is uh, this is the argument that I always have with Haitians because they will tell me, why don't you keep the homosexual um, agenda, the part, the homophobia part of don't you keep it in the USA because we don't have any of that. Yes, we always had that, but what we didn't have is the is the the hatred, the crimes against them, which have become a huge issue after after the earthquake. But you have to understand that in Haiti we have a we we still have a strong caste and class system. So homosexuals that are from um, the the upper class, okay, will be treated differently than the homosexuals from the lower class. Even with the, we, with a slowing, you know, we have a slowly growing middle class, but the disparities are staggering. So all these things comes, when I talk about Quasva, we always say that our motto is um, is nonviolence, even when we have words such as combat, um, combating in, in our mission statement. I guess we are nonviolent when, when it comes to individuals and groups, yet very combatant when it comes to crimes and inequalities. And in Haiti, they don't make the difference. Right, right. Now talk a little bit, if you will, about how your organization is educating people about homophobia and what you're doing in Haiti to um, to sort of change the way people view and deal with the LGBT community? Um, what we have tried to do is to not... Um, discussion for... Um, we try not to tell, discuss whether or not it's an abomination, it's a sin... Um, what we try to focus on is um, how God is love, because and and because of that, and of course the Ten Commandments of not um, taking anyone's life, one shall not kill. Um, we try to focus on that to 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 change their whole um, perception of a of a homosexual of a LGBT um, um, person to look at them as someone they should protect more than um commit these crimes against uh, no one no one was doing that um before us uh, mm-hmm. it was more going straight forward for um lgbt rights which is a great thing but um haiti has not evolved to even recognize that um um people are allowed to have their own sexual orientation and that will not impact the ability to do their work. Um, if you are, for example, in, in uh, an official uh, government office and there are any rumors that you are an homosexual, what you have to do is to come in front of the media and say, oh, you are not, or you're going to lose your position. Right. Because they think that morally you are a bad example for the children, yet they don't do any sexual education for these children. There's uh, there's cases of events. For example, just just imagine you are in a country where if your your parents are professional, that means you are in the middle class, and um, you are being abused at home. Your uncle, your father, or anyone is abusing you. There's not a system. There's not a number to call. There's nowhere to go. You just sit right there in that situation, trying to endure it yourself. And you go and if you go to the nuns and you tell them what happened. They just take you to, usually, they take you to a priest that will tell you to do, um, you know, to do some prayers, etc., giving you more guilt because they understand what sexual violence and crimes against homosexual, what that do to someone psychologically. 
And there's something that I wanted to mention is that to many people, you know, an organization like ours, you know, is an inadequate use of resources. They, they are thinking there's no place for us because in Haiti there's some dire need, such as, you know, it's, it's one of the poorest countries in this hemisphere. So they said, why don't you focus on, on food? Why don't you focus on education and other things, instead of sexual violence and homophobia? It's like they think that my organization might shed a negative light Haiti. Yet what they fail to understand is that how can you educate, even if you're feeding of, of someone that is being that cannot be themselves, or someone right. that is being sexually um, sexually abused, is because uh, we were never educated on the impact of the psychological or physical part of sexual abuse or even rape. Let me ask you this: um, you know, with with Pope Francis uh, being one of the most outspoken, uh, seemingly LGBT supporters in, in a way, does that help the church in Haiti communicate those sorts of beliefs to the community? Because what you just told me with respect to, you know, the priests would make you say prayers and, and, and add more guilt to it, how does Pope Francis's uh, sort of fresh view on this where he has said things like, you know, if you believe in God, who am I to, to judge you? So how does that impact the uh, the religious environment on LGBT communities and sexual violence in Haiti? You have to understand, it's not the whole country that is Catholic. Most of there's a, there's a big, a huge part of it which are Protestant, and there's some churches that are just um, that don't have no affiliation whatsoever. In the rural part, someone can start a church and without any education and and and, and just start teaching uh, about the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's no there's no calling when you go to a Catholic church, for example. Um, um, they will not ask you to to um, look at um, homosexuals in any um, negative way, even though they teach you that it is an abomination. They don't. But the, the issue that we are having right now that we are seeing and that has been reported to us is missionaries, believe it or not, from the United States, um, people that, that that are against, um, that are fighting here, you know, against LGBT rights, Haiti is open to them, you know, because they can feed, they can feed the Haitians with rice with, with one hand and then teach them um, um, homophobia, even though we still, we have some homophobic um, um, tendencies, but we never killed anyone. Uh, what 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 we saw before were maybe um, when I say street harassment is more laugh, laughing, making fun at homosexuals, but everybody in Haiti knew an homosexual and they they they, they live there, they they cook, um, um, and and we know them, we we know who they are, and they know they they're not hiding who they are, even though um, we don't see no affection in the street or etc. But um, I, I don't think that um, what the pope said um, impacted us enough because I think cultural values took over religious values and um, it is something just you, you, you just don't talk about. It's very taboo. Um, right. People don't tell other people that they are LGBT yet there's a big group of LGBT in Haiti. I have so many friends that are gay and lesbians or even living together in Haiti but um, society might see them as sisters, cousins, or 
other type of, of, of family structure because they have to hide. Right, and that's that's no way to live, to live hiding, to not be able to be yourself. And, um, you know, I, I applaud what you're doing. Now, how can people get involved with Christians United Against Sexual Violence and Homophobia in Haiti? How can they contact you? How can they donate? How can they help the organization? Um, we we are on Facebook, where if you know any um, Haitian Americans, any Haitian families, um, you can always share our page on your page or show them where to come. There's a number. It's a, it's a um, toll-free number. It's 888-735-3536, where you'll talk to someone. They will prompt you if it's sexual violence issue or homophobia issue, and then someone will, will talk to you or or give you enough information to, um, to navigate um, um, where to go here. But um, what we do most is try any organization that, 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 that is in one of the communities that is heavily populated by Haitians, they can call us for these trainings. They are free because the information available, you have to understand more than 50% um, of, of Haitians here in America do not speak English or well enough to take advantage of all the education that that other organizations are giving on sexual violence or homophobia and they are not um, culturally um, adequate because um, there's a way to change patients, believe it or not. So uh, that's what we do. This is the gap that we that we fill up. So anyone, what we try to do is to ask people for their time, their skill, um, their knowledge, and um, to get involved. Go to our page, like it. Um, you can donate on quasva.org. It's still um, uh, a work, you know, um, we're still working on the website. It's not totally what we want because at the end of the day, we want people to be able, any, any teachers in Haiti, anyone in Haiti should be able to go on that website and take the training and educate themselves so that we don't we don't, we don't don't give to the next generation um, these homophobic values or so that we can teach them right about sexual violence. Yeah, you know, it's really important what you're doing. Obviously, for those of you who, who you know, are looking to support um, the Haitian community. This is a non-profit organization. This is not an organization that is in any way profiting or benefiting from this. This is a pure non-profit attempt to help victims who are Haitian who are suffering because of homophobia and sexual violence. And the Facebook page um, that we're talking about, if you go to facebook.com forward slash Quasva, and that is C-U-A-S-V-A, H-H, there'll be a link to the Facebook page and the website in the show notes um, following today's broadcast, and you'll be able to click on that and takes you right to their Facebook page. And you can see on the Facebook page, you know, exactly what's going on, what they're doing, and how you can get involved. And, um, you know, I would imagine that, you know, Edlin, there's probably a lot of people in the U.S. who are Haitian with relatives in Haiti who probably communicate with them on a regular basis, but who might not know how to help them. And so Haitian Americans could certainly call Quasva and try to get help for their relatives too. Is that right? Yes, but we are trying. The part of our work is to educate Haitian Americans because we have to understand this. Haitian Americans here, um, first generation, there's a real difference in children. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they're receiving information in school that the parents don't know anything about. 
So having our show, having most of our videos in Creole is to allow them to say, Mom, come sit and see this. We have people right. that send us testimonial how that helped them, you know, to, to be able to show the parents to show. Because we have more than one million, close to one million Haitians living in the United States. In Florida, for example, there's, there's cables that's more than 33%. Of the population, this is one third of a population being of Haitian descent or being Haitian themselves. And and, and so this is the organization that Haitian Americans need to reach out to to get help for you know themselves for people in Haiti. Um, you know, I, I think that this is a very important issue because we're so focused here in the U.S. about general LGBT rights, and and you know that's a good thing to be focused on. But I think that when you look outside of the U.S., there are so many other people suffering. And when you have a large community of Asian Americans that need specific help and they don't know where to go, I think that that's the purpose of your organization. And, and you're serving them, so they should take advantage and, and, and you know, reach out to you to try to get that help and that education. Um, so, uh, Adeline, I want to thank you very much for being on the show today and for the work that you do with Quasva and for helping people who are victims of sexual violence and homophobia in Haiti. Um, and I encourage, yep, I encourage everyone out there who's heard this, who's either downloaded it at a later date or, or, or watching it live right now, if you want to learn more, um, reach out to them and get the help and education that you need. Uh, so, Edwin, thank you very much again, and, uh, and we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you. It was a pleasure being on your show. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. So, um, obviously, we had a little bit of, of um, cell phone or telephone connection issues at the beginning of the show. Hopefully, it um, was clear enough for everyone to to hear um, what this organization is doing is really a wonderful thing. Uh, again, it's Quasva, and we're saying C-U-A-S-V-A-H-H. And it's Christians United Against Sexual Violence and Homophobia in Haiti. And obviously, from listening to what Edlin said, I mean, what the people in Haiti are going through who are LGBT, I mean, it's so significantly different than what we see here in the U.S., even though we have a ton of violence and discrimination against um, you know, homosexuals or, or, or transgender individuals. You know, we don't see people being set on fire and stonings and that that level of violence in Haiti. So anyone who knows someone in the Haitian community who might be afraid to be who they are and and to um to live their lives the way that they they want to live it the way they were meant to live it, then I would suggest that you reach out to this organization. Again, it's a nonprofit organization and links to the site and to the Facebook page will be posted below. All right, so now let's move away from uh, Quasva and let's talk about LGBT rights here in the U.S. And, you know, one thing that, that I think is very interesting, um, obviously Quasva is, is a Christian organization, but they don't discriminate. As, as Edlin said, she said that they reach out to everyone. But for those people who are looking at Christian values, um, and saying to themselves, well, how do I handle my Christian beliefs when my church frowns upon homosexuality? I just want to make some, some observations here. First of all, according to Fusion.net, at least half of all gay Americans identify themselves 
as Christians. And that's very, very interesting. And I think that um, the fact that, and I understand that that you know, the Pope is with the Catholic Church, and, and that there's a lot of different uh, Christian churches. There's Protestant, there's Eastern Orthodox, there's, there's the Catholics. Um, and, and they've got different views on things. I definitely think that with Pope Francis's comments over the last few years about acceptance, I think it's a really good message for people to listen to and to understand. Because if you want to say, I'm Christian and, and I don't think that it's right, I don't think that homosexuality is right. And, and unfortunately, a lot of Christian churches are still... Um, kind of bogged down with that, that, that way of thinking. You know, I want to make one observation. If you look at the Bible, which so many people are able to look at the Bible and, and twist it either way they want, but if you look at the Bible, John 13, um, colon 34, this is when Jesus says to people, love one another as I have loved you. And I don't remember any passage in the Bible where Jesus said, I love everybody except for the tax collector. I love everybody except for the leper. I love everybody except for the prostitute. I love everybody except for the homosexual. I don't remember that at all. And so I think that um, this, this idea of LGBT awareness, I think that it's extremely important because if you are a, a Christian, okay, and again, I bring this up because of Quasva, if you are a Christian, I think that you have to understand that um, some of the ways of thinking, some of the beliefs that you might have um, from the church, not from the Bible, but from the church, from, from the man-made rules that have happened over the years, I think that you have to at least at least look at what the Bible tells you, what Christ tells you, and the way that we behave today as a community and as a society. So I just want to make that point because there are a lot of people who um, still believe that it's, it's, it's sinful, but yet, you know, you don't see that in the Bible, although people can twist the Bible any way they want. But my point being that Quasva is a Christian organization and they're helping people, and it doesn't make a difference what those people are. It's the fact that we're all people. And I do wish that we were more understanding and tolerant in general as a worldwide community and clearly as uh, citizens of the United States because the violence that we see, um, some of the things that we hear about, especially with transgender individuals, it, it's just, um, it, it's really shocking. You know, I'll, I'll make... A reference to something that we talked about a few weeks ago on uh, the Week in Review program, and that is the woman who was attending a Planet Fitness fitness club. She was at the gym, and a transgender individual walked into the woman's locker room. Now, she's suing Planet Fitness, who revoked her membership, and the complaint is littered with all sorts of things, invasion of privacy and um Whatnot, but I was looking at some of the social media comments that followed the information on some of these sites that she was suing, and some of them are very supportive of LGBT, and others are very critical and abusive and just 
you know, saying very terrible, hurtful things. And whether or not you personally want to accept the LGBT community, the fact that, that people are out there posting these these harmful, hurtful, violent messages and criticizing and, and condemning, I don't see the value in that at all. And, and and that's what worries me about our society. Why is it that so many people are so intolerant of others? And it's not just LGBT, it's anybody. It's based on race, sex, creed, religion, you know, you name it. And there are people out there that are haters. And, um, you know, unfortunately, areas like Haiti, the haters go beyond social media posts. They actually go out and commit physical acts of violence. Now, I want to talk a little bit about some of the developments uh, that have been going on in the LGBT community because it's, you know, it's, it's really important, I think, that we as a country accept everybody as they are, as God made them, as however you want to look at it. I think it's important because I think that um, it's, it's happening, it's changing. You can't do anything about it. You can't do anything to stop it. You know, the same way back, back in the Civil Rights era when you had the Ku Klux Klan burning crosses on um, the lawns of African Americans trying to stop forward momentum, trying to halt progress and acceptance of the civil rights movement. Where did that go? Where did that get them? Nowhere. Because you cannot stop the progress with human rights. We are all humans. We all have rights. It does not matter what we believe in. And while you might disagree with somebody individually, you certainly cannot disagree with the fact that as a community of humans, communities, citizens of the United States, we all have rights. We have freedoms guaranteed to us under the Constitution. And those freedoms, as things change and develop, the same way that you know, laws are, are put into effect to deal with the increase of, of technology, the uses of technology. You, know, you didn't have a law 30 years ago about the Internet. Now you do. The same holds true for human rights and modifying those laws. And, and one of those things that were changed with respect to the LGBT community, which is, I think, a good development, uh, happened in February of this year when the Department of Labor changed the definition of spouse to be based upon the place of celebration of marriage rather than the, than the state of residence. And by doing so and, and amending that, it allowed families, regardless of where they married, to be treated equally under the FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act. And that's important because here's an issue where you've got same-sex couples who might have been legally married in a state that, that um, um, approves gay marriage, and now they don't have rights under the Family Medical Leave Act. The same way that, that the Pope has said, who am I to judge, I really do feel that, again, regardless of your personal beliefs, who are we to judge? Who are we to say that you don't have rights? I mean, this, this harkens back to the days when women couldn't vote and African Americans couldn't sit in the front of the bus. I mean, this is, this is what this is. This is the evolution of the civil rights movement. And I don't think that um, you know, anybody should, 
sort of step on or impede the rights of others. And so this change in the definition of spouse allows people, and this is obviously the Department of Labor, the federal government, um, to be able to seek benefits and rights under the Family Medical Leave Act. So that, I think, is an important development. I also want to talk about something else that uh, has been in the news recently, which I am applauding the states that are implementing laws because it blows my mind. Uh, But uh, the topic is conversion therapy. And uh, just recently, on May 7th, Oregon has uh, passed a bill to protect the LGBT community, especially the youth, from dangerous uh, conversion therapy practices. And once that bill is cleared and it's on the books, then Oregon's going to be able to join California, D.C., and New Jersey um, and become one of those four states that has now moved to protect the LGBT youth from harmful conversion therapy. So what is this conversion therapy? Well, it's the belief by a therapist that being lesbian, gay, transgender, whatever it is, is a a disorder. Something's wrong with you, and I'm going to fix it. That's, you know, the therapy. I'm I'm going to guilt you, shame you, scare you, whatever it might be, and I'm going to make you not be a homosexual. And that says so many things that are so harmful to a young person. Because you know what that says? It says there's something wrong with you. You have a disability. You have um, a a disease. That's not the way you were supposed to be. And we're going to change that through therapy. That is the biggest load of crap. You know, I don't know if these conversion therapists are doing this for the money. I don't know if they're doing it because they really believe in it. But I think that you know New Jersey, D.C., California, and, and now with the inclusion of Oregon, this is, I think, where all the other states have to look to. Conversion therapy is dangerous, harmful. You know, people who have gone for conversion therapy end up committing suicide because they're being told that who they are is not good enough. Who they are is a disease, and that's not right. So, you know, for all those people out there that might not like uh, Governor Christie, he has done the right thing. He has acknowledged the fact that conversion therapy is harmful, and and that bill was passed in New Jersey, and now we've got this here in Oregon as well. And if you want more information about this, you can go to the National Center uh, for Lesbian Rights. And they work very closely with a lot of this legislation. Um, They implemented a campaign, a hashtag Born Perfect campaign. That's what it is, hashtag Born Perfect campaign. And basically, they're out there supporting the LGBT community through legislative uh, movements, through the uh, writing of bills and the proposals. And they also do amicus briefs, which is friend of the court briefs, on behalf of people involved in litigation. And that's that's a good thing. So if you want information, they actually have a very, very good website. It is uh, nclrights, nclrights.org. And it's a very good website. It's very thorough. 
It has links to current legislation. It has links to current um, lawsuits. And uh, they've got a legal helpline. They've got all sorts of news and updates. So if you want more information about the law and how it's changing, I would definitely head over and check out that site. Um, I also want to talk about a case that's that's a relatively recent case. Um, I believe it was settled back in March of this year, but it involved an individual, Jamel versus Saxon Company. And uh, Leith, I, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Leith Jamel was employed by Saks Fifth Avenue. And she filed a complaint against Saks alleging that they discriminated against her for being transgender. And this is a very interesting case um, because it is the first time that the U.S. Department of Justice made a statement confirming that um, Title VII covers transgender people. You know, and, and, and this is actually could be considered to be a historic ruling because never before has the Department of Justice made it clear that Title VII prohibits discrimination against transgender people, not just discriminate based on gender stereotypes. Now, Sachs ultimately settled this case, but the importance of that statement can't be understated. Because, remember, I, I talked a few moments ago about the fact that you cannot halt for progress. And that laws have to change in this country. And Title VII, which protects against discrimination, should absolutely include discrimination against transgender individuals. Now, getting back to the lawsuit that's been filed against Planet Fitness, and some of the comments that I um, I viewed, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of shocking. Uh, the the comments that that I'm referring to were very very crude comments, very uneducated comments. But there are those people who believe that someone who is transgender, they have in this case male genitalia, should not be permitted in a female locker room, even though they themselves believe that they are female. And a lot of, of the negative comments, the ones that were not hateful, you know, it's an issue that we have to deal with as a society because there are people like the woman who sued that says, you know, just because you're transgendered, I view you still as a man because you have male anatomy. And I don't feel that that's right. That, that you were allowed in the locker room. And I, I think that you're going to see a great deal of attention being thrown on you know, transgender rights, especially now after the Bruce Jenner interview. And for those of you who didn't see it, um, Bruce Jenner essentially sat down and said that he believes that he was meant to be and is um, a woman, and that he struggled with this uh, this this gender identity all of his life, 
And now at, at his age, he's decided that he no longer wants to live a lie. Now, there are a lot of people out there that cannot stand the Kardashians or Bruce Jenner, and they believe that this is all some sort of media ploy. And I don't know whether it is or isn't, but I'm going to take him at his word for it. And I think that if uh, nothing else, Bruce Jenner will help, to an extent, the transgender community and discrimination against transgenders now, I've seen a lot of, of videos on YouTube and in the news uh, depicting violence against transgender individuals. And again, it goes back to what I was saying. I, I just don't understand why we live in a country that provides us with freedom, and yet we're saying that you are not free to be who you want to be or who you are. You know, and, and just one, one thing I want to clear up. I mean, absolutely no uh, negative inference. You shouldn't infer anything negative from my comment about uh, who you are or who you want to be because I'm not saying at all that it, being homo, homosexual is a choice. Um, but there are people out there that will say, well, you know, Bruce Jenner has chosen to live this way. So it's completely innocuous. And, and I believe that... Um, you know, the LGBT community should have the same rights as all of us because we're all humans, we're all citizens of the U.S. And so how can any of us judge each other and say what you're doing is wrong? You know, I, I really applaud the efforts of the Pope, although I know that there's so much bureaucracy tape involved in the Vatican and um, you know the Catholic uh, community that it's going to be a long long time before real change is implemented in the Catholic Church which hopefully will trickle down to the rest of the Christian community uh, in one way or another but I definitely applaud him for saying who am I to judge and wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone in this world viewed their neighbor in that way, who am I to judge? Whether you are Christian, Muslim, Jewish, atheist, whatever you are, who am I to judge? And I think that would be just such a wonderful world to live in if we all viewed life in that way. Sure, you could still get mad at somebody if they take your parking spot. Sure, you could still get mad at somebody who uh, you know, throws garbage on your lawn or lets their dog go to the bathroom on your lawn. But to categorize people is wrong. Wrong. Just look at the history of, of this country. Look at the mistreatment of American Indians, Native Americans. Look at the mistreatment of Japanese during World War II and the civil rights movement and the way that African Americans were treated. And women before that, and now lesbians, gays, transgenders, bisexuals, look at, look at this. How does this help us as a country? How does this help us as a people? It, it makes no sense, and it seems very common and very easy to say, well, they should have rights too. The same way that you can't say someone who has a different skin color 
doesn't have the same rights as me, even though we're all human beings. I, I don't think you can say that somebody who has chosen to live with a same-sex individual, you're going to say that they're not entitled to rights, they're not entitled to get married, they're not entitled to uh, have a child, they're not entitled to have health insurance or other benefits. Who are we to judge? You know, this is not the commission of a crime where we say we've judged you. A jury has looked at what you've done and you have violated these laws and therefore you're going to be punished. This is freedom. Freedom to be who you are. I have a tattoo. You want to shave your head? You're homosexual? You're African American? Well, that's the point of being in this country. To be who you are. To not be told you can't practice your religion. You can't love who you want to love. You can't have a child because you're involved in a same-sex relationship. Crazy. And who is doing this judging? Because for all those people who want to say, it's against my religion. Uh, uh, look, I'm, I'm a Christian. I happen to be... Uh, you know, Eastern Orthodox, Russian Orthodox Christian. I look at the Bible, right? Because the Bible is, in my opinion, the closest you can get to the teachings of Christ. And I don't see in the Bible, like I said before, where Jesus says, I love everybody except you, 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 and you. And I don't see the commandment where he says, love everybody except for you, 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 and you. So who are we to judge? And I think while we've done a lot to overcome the stereotypes and you can see uh, mainstream media, network television, you can see same-sex couples and you can, you can see um, acceptance on some levels by government and law, there's still a long way to go to uh, give equal rights to everybody. And I think that that's what's missing. If you want to look at this from a legal standpoint, we as a nation, we are a mixed group of people. The original people who came to this country did so out of religious persecution for freedom, for freedom to be who you are. And that's what always made this country great. That freedom that you don't have in communist China or in North Korea. Or that freedom that you didn't have in the Soviet Union or Iraq or Iran. That's why we're here. And I think that capitalism has consumed us so much so that capitalism has led to discrimination. It's helped discrimination because we care about one value, and that value is the dollar. How much you make doesn't make a difference who you hurt. Doesn't make a difference what you sell. Doesn't make a difference what you say. You know, you've got people that, that, that run companies that have spoken out about 
how they despise the LGBT community, yet they profit from them, and that's okay. I don't like you, but I like your money. That's capitalism. And I think that that mentality is so hard to change, and it's going to take so many years, because even though we've had years and years, decades, since the civil rights movement, there are still people who believe that an African-American doesn't or shouldn't have the same rights as a Caucasian. And you can't change it overnight. It's going to take years and years. But I applaud the fact that there are so many organizations out there that are looking to help change the way that our young people see the LGBT community. I mean, I know for myself, growing up in the 70s and 80s, you know, it was something you didn't talk about. It was something that, you, you know, you, you, you didn't want to see. And then, of course, with AIDS, it became, oh, this is such a sinful, terrible thing. And, you know, there was all this confusion. And look at where we've come from the 70s and 80s till today, and we've made progress, but not enough. But, you know, I do think that, that we have to look at how far we have come and say, as a people, as a country, that we're on the right track, and we just need to keep pushing, and we just need to keep pushing for freedom, for rights of individuals, for less governmental control over who we are. I don't want to be told who I am. I don't want to be told who I can be with, who I can talk to, what I can do and can't do. That's not what this country is about. And so I think that when you release control over who can get married and who can't, and, and you can take this argument that I'm making and you can extend it to Everything from, you know, obviously LGBT rights to, to, to polygamy and say, why should the government tell me what I can and can't do so long as I'm not engaged in the commission of a crime? And I'm not talking about a man-made statute concerning who you can marry. I'm talking about a crime, a phys- physical violence, the stuff that we were talking about at the top of the show going on in Haiti right now because of homophobia. And I think that we just get so lost in the minutia of these arguments concerning, well, you know, a lesbian's rights, a transgender individual's rights, a polygamist's rights, a, a, an African-American's rights. What happened to we're all people, we're all humans, we live in a country that provides us with freedom. Let's not lose that freedom. Let's not become the 1984 George Orwell situation. Let's not become one of those post-apocalyptic movies. V for Vendetta. Let's not become those societies. Let's enlighten society. Let's move towards acceptance of people and their choices or who they are. And I think that we're on that path and we can see it, we can see the way that government is 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 moving towards acceptance, but 
why does it take so much effort to look at inalienable human rights and say you're entitled to it? That's why we're here in this country. So that's my rant on on this. But I mean, I, I just think that people focus so much on categorizing people that even while you're trying to break through the, the, the walls of discrimination, you are categorizing people. You're calling them. You're giving them a name, a label. You're calling them something other than human. You're saying you are an African-American. You're an Asian. You're uh, you know, a homosexual. No, you're a person. You're a human being, a citizen of the United States of America. That's who you are. Your values, your beliefs, your makeup, your sexual orientation or identification is a personal thing. Not for someone to label you. And I think that that's lost somewhere along the way. The fact that kids are growing up in a world where they can see violence against other homosexual kids. Now, not just in this country, but all over, because now we're connected worldwide with YouTube. We can see these things. And we've got to take steps to move towards acceptance of everyone on a grand scale. And, and the way to do it is these small baby steps. And I'm, I'm happy to see the progress that's being made. Um, again, I want to thank our guest at the top of the show, Edlin Verna, the executive director of Christians United Against Sexual Violence and Homophobia in Haiti. I want to encourage you, if you want more information about pending cases, to head over to nclrights.org, the National Center for Lesbian Rights. It's, a, again, a very good site. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you guys think. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some people out there that think that I'm nuts, um, and, and believe it or not, my, my political views are more conservative, but that doesn't mean anything to me because I don't categorize myself as a liberal, a conservative. I, I, I don't categorize myself as anything other than an American. I'm a Christian, I'm an American, and I want acceptance for everybody and for who people are. Be who you are that's why we're in this country. I want to hear what you guys think. I want to hear what you think about this show, the topics that we discussed today. So please post your comments on YouTube, send me some and and you know, let me know what you think about our discussion today. Well, that's going to do it. I'd like to thank everybody for um subscribing to the channel, for listening live and for downloading later and remember that there's power in understanding the law.